Hi everyone, welcome to Iroquois History and Legends. This is Andrew. And this is Caleb. And welcome to our fourth installment of Haudenosaunee Legends. That is correct, Andrew. We are a little less than a week away from Christmas. I love Christmas. So do I. Now, uh, we don't have any Christmas stories to tell you, but we thought we'd do something with kind of a winter theme. So Andrew, have you ever wondered why a Christmas tree keeps its needles all year long? I have, and I guess I could look into it. I'm sure there's some reason. This here is a traditional Seneca story telling why conifer trees stay green all year long and other trees lose their leaves. Enjoy. Old Man Winter and the Frost Demons Long ago, when the earth was still young, and the great creator was still working hard to make the world a happy place to live for all his creatures and trees. Now, in the old times, it's important to note that man was not all that could speak. We know from the past that the animals could talk to one another, but so also could the trees. Now, for a long time, the trees and animals lived happily and in peace. That was until the evil one, jealous of what the Creator had made, sent his dark spirits and monsters into the world. Now, the most evil of all the demons was Old Man Winter, the Frost Demon, and the Whirlwind. These evil spirits had the power to take life from all they touched, turning the warm blood given by the Creator to cold ice, and also to rip life and leaves from the trees as long as they felt the demon's embrace. Now, the great Creator cared for his creatures and the trees, so he sent two strong chiefs to protect them. Their names were Chief Southwind and Chief Spring. Now, the trees especially loved Chief Spring and Chief Southwind, because of the warm air they would bring in, and the sunlight they would cause to shine on their leaves. This caused the demons to hate the trees more than any other being blessed with life. The demons knew that spring and south wind could not protect all the trees at all times. As soon as they would move south, the frost demons would take a ravenous toll on all the trees stripping all of their leaves and needles from every tree they could find. Northwind would blow, whirlwind down into the trees, and frost would freeze them solid. Without chief spring and south wind, the trees had no choice but to be frozen until their great chiefs would return. The following year, when chief spring and south wind returned, they were very disappointed that the trees were so willing to drop their leaves without so much as a fight against the evil spirits. This caused the chiefs to ask another great spirit, known as Autumn, to paint the leaves so beautifully that the trees would not give up their leaves so easily. However, as soon as the chiefs went south, the evil spirits of winter returned. They were enraged to see the colors that Autumn had painted on their leaves, and they shrieked, There shall be no sign of leaves or spring left. This is our commandment. The evil spirits blew through the woods and ravaged every leaf from every tree. The spirits 
mocked the creator and said, The world obeys us and no other. The sun has no friends. Spring and south wind have been banished. As the spirits were mocking the creator, a voice spoke up from the forest. It was White Pine, king of the conifers. I am a friend of Spring and the Creator, and you should do better than to mock the Great One, for he is greater than all of us, and he will not leave you unpunished. It was then that the spirits realized that White Pine had not shed his needles as commanded. They charged him and blew fierce cold winds at him, and commanded that he drop his needles immediately, for there shall be no sign of spring. But the great pine held strong, and refused to drop his needles. They mocked him, and the creator. They said, We are the gods here, and you will obey us, for the creator has no power here. We will return tomorrow, and if you have not dropped your needles, then you will be cut down and thrown into the blazing fire. With that, the evil spirits retired. Once they were gone, White Pine gathered all the other conifers to himself for a great council. We must not stand for this, he said. For too long we have let these evil spirits come here and defy our creator and rob us of our needles and leaves. Who will stand with me and hold their needles until the return of Chief Spring and Chief Southwind? I will, said Spruce. I will, said Hemlock. I will, said Juniper, and I will hold my berries as well. I will, said Cedar. I will, said Red Pine, and I will, said Cypress. Good, good, said White Pine. But where is Tamarack? With Tamarack, that will make all of the conifers, and we will stand together. As the trees looked for Tamarack, a loud, booming voice echoed through the woods. It was Oak. I wish to join you. I do not have needles like you, but I am a tree and a lover of the creator and a lover of the sun. With that, another voice came through the woods. Don't believe him, said the voice. We conifers must stand together. Is that you, Tamarack? said the white pine. It's I, said Tamarack. Then why have you not come to the council that I have called for all the conifer trees? I can't come because as soon as I leave, oak sprouts up. And I can't leave because as soon as I leave, tamarack sprouts up. We both wish to control the high places on the mountain. Enough, said White Pine. There are things more important right now than arguing who gets the high place on the mountain. Tamarack, will you stand with us and hold your needles till spring? Yes, yes, I will, said Tamarack. And what of me? boomed Oak. Will you allow me to stand with you all? White Pine and the council agreed to allow Oak to stand with them at the approach of the demons of winter. You will not regret this, said Oak. I am strong, and my roots grow deep. I don't have needles like you, and the winter may crinkle my leaves and turn them brown, but I will shake them in the face of the demons and refuse to drop them until spring and south wind return. The conifers rejoiced in hearing this, for they knew the evil spirits hated the sound of rustling leaves. The conifers welcomed Oak 
and the council spoke up. With Great White Pine's leadership and your strength, we will surely be able to stand against winter. But not all the conifers were happy. You see, Tamarack was jealous of oak. For years they had fought and argued over who had the right to grow on top of the hill. But now, all the other pine trees were cheering Oak's name. This was too much for Tamarack to take, so he began whispering in the other conifer's ears. He will be the death of us. He is a sneaky and untrustworthy tree. We must not put our confidence in him, or he will betray us to the spirits of winter. But the great white pine ordered that Oak would be treated as a brother and that Tamarack should shut his mouth. Very well, said Tamarack, but you will see, he will not hold his leaves. Oak overheard Tamarack, and he boomed. I will hold my leaves. I'm sure you will, said Great White Pine. Now, let all of us conifers gather together tomorrow, halfway up the hill. That way it will be easier for us to hold strong. Oak, you will stand with us from atop the hill. Very well, said Oak. The next day came, and the trees could hear the frost demons blowing through the valley. Quickly, said White Pine. We must all stand together. Are we all here? Pine looked around. Most of us are here. Where is Tamarack? All the trees looked around, but Tamarack was nowhere to be found. You see, Tamarack was just too stubborn to give up his place on the hill. So when the frost demons came, he was not there with the rest of his clan. As the demons blew through the valley, they yelled, Where is White Pine? Where is White Pine? Let us see if the king of the conifers has obeyed us and dropped all of his needles. When they came to the hill, they found that not only White Pine, but all of the conifers were together and had not dropped their needles. The demons went into a fit of rage and began to blow and claw at the trees, shrieking and commanding them to drop their needles. Hold strong, my friends, said White Pine. Spring and warmth will come again. We must hold out until they arrive. No matter how much the cold spirits blew at the trees, they refused to drop their needles. It was then that they noticed tamarack and oak on the hill. Come, said Old Man Winter. Let us come back to the trees later, but for now, let us attack Tamarack and Oak. When they got to the top of the hill, Oak boomed and laughed and mocked and rattled his leaves in their face. Blow, you evil ones, he said, for I have the strength of the Creator, and I will not yield to you. The demons did all they could, but Oak would not yield. Come, my brothers, said Old Man Winter. Oak is too strong and stubborn, but perhaps Tamarack will yield to us. The demons were furious, and they attacked Tamarack with such a vengeance that all the other trees pitied him. Old Man Winter commanded, Drop your needles, as they tore at Tamarack, and it was not long before he yielded to them. Very good, said Old Man Winter. Tamarack has submitted to us. Now... Let us go back and try ourselves on the other trees. After Tamarack had submitted, a great fear had come upon the conifers. But White Pine encouraged them and said, Be strong, my brothers, for we will hold out until spring. 
The demons tried with all their might, but the oak and conifers would not give up. For five long months they held off the cold breath of the frost demons, until eventually their strength gave way. The trees could feel a warm wind moving in from the south. Every day the warm sun grew brighter and the frost demon's strength grew weaker. The sun warmed the trees and they began to bud new leaves. Tamarack awoke from his frozen sleep. When he did, Great White Pine looked down on him. You have submitted to the evil one. You did not listen to my counsel, and you told us that Oak would be the one to fall. But it was you, O weak one, and you shall have no place among us. Tamarack pleaded and begged that he might keep his high spot on the hill above the other trees. But White Pine commanded that Oak shall always have a place on the hill, and that Tamarack shall be cursed to the swamp. So from this day forth, White Pine and the conifers hold their needles in the promise of spring's return. Oak continues to hold his leaves and rattle them in the face of Old Man Winter and the Frost Demons. And Tamarack continues to live out his exile in the swamps. Wow, so I guess that's why conifer trees stay green in the winter, except for tamarack. Now, what's this next story you're going to tell, Andrew? Um, this goes all the way back to the time of creation when the creator is making the animals and giving them unique physical features and characteristic traits. So this would be a story that where a child might ask, why does a certain animal have a, a strange feature? Like, why is a cardinal red? Or why does a rabbit have big back legs, and small front legs. Mm -hmm. And why do we always say that owls are so wise? And why do owls only hunt at night, but other birds hunt in the day? Well, let's find out. Owl and Rabbit Long ago, at the beginning of this world, the creator, the everything maker, or Sukwiodizo as some people call him, he was making everything in the world. In splendid fashion, he made the majestic mountains with their peaks and cliffs. He opened his hands and stretched wide his fingers as he dug deep into the ground. He slid them straight down from north to south, making deep gouges that he then filled with water. These are what we now call the Finger Lakes. He pushed and spread apart the seas and the valleys, and many other amazing places on earth he carved, fashioned, and finished. He also made the animals. He created them one by one, and as he did so, he gave to them gifts and traits when they asked of him. Sakwio Dizo, could you give me long legs like a deer? Could you give me very long ears? And I would like sharp fangs like the one the panther has. Oh, and could you please give me claws like the eagle? Rabbit liked and admired all of those animals, and he hoped to be a fast runner and be able to hear all there was to hear. 
and it was also very important for him to be able to defend himself against anyone who may wish him harm. Sacquiodizo wanted to give the animals all that they wished to have, and so he agreed that he would do that. Right away, he began making rabbits long legs. He started with the back ones. He started stretching and shaping them. They would be made long, just the way Rabbit had asked. Many of the other animals sat nearby. Sacquiodizo allowed them to be there, but he warned them that they could not watch him as he worked. His ways and skill is secret, and no one can look upon him in his power. The animals did not mind this at all. Well, almost all of them didn't mind. They were so happy and prancing about, you see, that they were admiring their new feathers and colors and necks and claws and fangs and legs and ears and eyes and noses and everything else that they had been given. However, Owl sat close by, but he wasn't yet formed. He was waiting his turn and was very anxious. But now that anxiousness had grown into impatience. When he noticed the other animals with all their unique features, he could wait no longer. He wanted his own gifts right away. Please, Sacquiodizo, make me beautiful. I want a curvy long neck like a swan. Owl stopped and glared at all the other animals with jealousy. He couldn't help himself. He continued to ask for more. Oh, give me a bright red feathers. Hoo, hoo, even brighter than the ones you gave the cardinal. He shouted this loudly as Cardinal flew past. And I want a long beak, like the wonderful beak that you fashioned for Egret. And I want a large crown of plumed feathers, like those that you've placed on Heron's head. I want to fly faster than the eagle, and I want to be swift and elegant as a hummingbird. I want a massive, strong back like a panther. At all of these requests, Sacquiodigia lost his patience. Quiet! As he looked towards Owl. Close your eyes, and you are not to watch me as I work, and you must stop with this jealousy that you have towards the others. Your turn will come. Now be silent! Sacquiodizo turned back and began to finish his work on Rabbit. But Owl was one who had no patience at all. He just could not stop talking and wanting the creator to work on him. Hoo-hoo! Hoo-hoo! He called again. Please don't ask me to close my eyes. I love watching. And when you work, I enjoy seeing it so much. I want to see rabbits' legs as they grow long. I want the red plumage of the cardinal. And I want long ears like a rabbit, too. And... Owl continued and went on and on. Then finally, Sacquiodizo could no longer bear the squawking of Owl. He turned away from Rabbit and he grabbed Owl from where he was perched in the tree. Because of your greed, you must be punished, Sacquiodizo said, and he began to shake Owl. He shook him until his eyes had widened and grew round. Then he pushed his ears into his head, and finally he placed his hand on top of his skull and pushed his head deep into his body. Sacquiodizo then shouted, Perhaps now you have learned your lesson. He put Owl back on a branch, and then he sprayed mud all over his feathers. Hoo-hoo! Hoo-hoo! Owl cried. How will I see? How will I see? Oh, you will see, and you will hear as well. 
Sequio Dizo said. You would not be respectful and patient. You could not wait your turn. Because of this, you have been taught a lesson. You said that you wanted to know everything, and now you will have ears that you will hear everything, and you will have eyes that will be wide and large, and you will always see everything. But you will only be able to be awake at night, because I work when it is light. Therefore, you will never see any of the work that I do again. Another thing that I've done, your feathers shall never be red. They shall always be the color of dirt and mud. Now, perhaps you will learn from now on to be wise and respectful to others that there are around you. After all of this commotion, Sequio Dizo turned back to finish Rabbit. But Rabbit had become so frightened by Sequio Dizo's fury that he scampered away into the forest. And this is why Rabbit's hind legs are very long, but his front legs are rather short. And that is why he's always skittish and shy. He never did get the claws and fangs that he desired to defend himself with. And as for Owl, although he remained in the shape that Sequio had made him, to this day he is awake only at night, just as Sequio has said. But he is now the wisest and most respected animal in the woods. Thank you so much for listening to those two tales, folks. Um, just so you know, we do have another one in the rotation, ready to go out probably next week, just in time for Christmas, and we're going to be talking about the Marquis de Dinanville. He's a pretty bad guy, and long story short, he's going to try and wipe out the Seneca. Now, Andrew and I already have a lot of our research done for this episode, so we're hoping not to make you wait too long. I know it kind of stinks when you've got to wait two or three weeks sometimes for an episode. So we're going to try and get this episode to you before Christmas. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for everybody that's written us in the past week with the, the positive reviews, with the encouraging notes, and just the general questions that you um, were asking us. Please, for any new fans, don't forget to like us on Facebook. But most importantly, please write us an iTunes review. And another thing that can help, too, is if you hit the subscribe button. You may be thinking, well, I love the show, and I just come back and check on it every couple weeks to see if there's anything new. But if you hit subscribe, it's going to tell iTunes that you like the show, and it's also going to give you an automatic notification or an automatic download, if you want, when the new show is available. So... If you don't have iTunes, any other podcasting apparatus, we're on it, out there. We're on everything. Don't worry. Just search for us. And any review you leave makes you into an honorary member of the Wild Sweet Potato Clan. And we are growing like wild sweet potatoes. Do they grow fast or slow? I've never grown wild sweet potatoes. I've grown potatoes, though, and the stalks do grow pretty quick. Yeah, but the potatoes don't. No, they don't. I'm a terrible potato farmer. Did you, I grew potatoes this year, and I I tried it in the bucket approach this year, and I got great big like three put like three foot high leaves, and then at the end of the year when everything died, and I went to dig it up, I had like two and a half potatoes. But I digress. So for everybody out there, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, a crazy Kwanzaa, a festive Saturnalia. And a festivus for the rest of us. And a festivus for the rest of us. 